I'm Ben Forrest. I'm Polly Gill. And I'm Alyssa Mendel. And this is Chordscast. Created by the team at the Coordination of Rare Diseases at Sanford, or CORDS for short, which is a rare disease registry working to tie together patients and researchers, no matter their condition and no matter where they are in the world. In these episodes, you'll hear interviews with scientists, physicians, rare disease patients, and advocates, along with updates on our registry and ways that you can get involved. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Cast. I'm Polly Gill, and today we are excited to have Doug Strott with us today, and who is the founder of the Shoreman's Disease Fund. Um, Doug, it's really nice to have you, and we're really excited to have you talk with us today. Thank you so much. I'm really, really excited about this. Yeah, so um, could you introduce yourself and kind of tell us a little bit about Shoreman's Disease? Absolutely, sure. Uh, my name is Doug Strutt. I am the president and founder of the Sherman's Disease Fund. Um, we are the first and largest and only charity uh, in the country, actually in the world, that is solely dedicated to help those affected by this spinal disease. And um, Sherman's is considered an adolescent disease, and it forms in adolescence, <clears throat> and there are actual, actual physiological changes that happen to your body. You may be familiar with scoliosis, you may be familiar with kyphosis, um, you know, the scoliosis is an S-curve in the back, and a kyphosis is a C-curve. Well, Sherman's disease happens uh, in adolescence, and a lot of times during a growth spurt, where your <clears throat> vertebrae actually change shape from a nice brick shape to a wedge shape. The anterior longitudinal, anterior longitudinal spinal ligament thickens, as well as your body starts to hunch, hunch over, you throws your hips and your heads out over, head out over your body. And then eventually what happens is when your bones stop growing, this becomes permanent. So unlike scoliosis and kyphosis, it's, it's so important to get caught, this caught in children and adolescents and before. Because if after uh, adolescence happens, this, these changes become permanent. And the only option for, for any treatment is surgery. So that's what that's our biggest goal is to try and, and, and uh, promote and work towards early detection. Um, that, so that's really what Sherman's disease is. And it's almost like um, kyphosis, but an extended version of kyphosis. Um, many doctors, in fact, don't feel that this cause, causes pain, and it ends in adolescence, and it couldn't be further from the truth. So that's uh, another one of our mission statements is, one of, another one of our goals is we're working to help the medical community uh, under, better understand this disease. There's not one comprehensive long-term study, research study done on Sherman's disease and the secondary effects on us as we age. And a goal of ours is to help the medical community educate them that there are secondary effects on us as we age, especially as we mature in our later years with our hips and, hips and our, our head thrown out over, over our body for those number of years, 
takes a, it causes a lot of secondary problems such as stenosis, early onset of degenerative disc disease. It can cause digestive problems, heart problems. It can cause um, lung problems. Um, just think about this. For every inch your head is forward, it's like your neck is carrying another 10 pounds. Wow. So all of that weight over, over this period of years can end up causing all these problems. Um, you can get facet arthropathy, neuropathy. You can have so many other additional problems that, that people don't, are not planning for because doctors never tell them about that. What, how many pounds did you say? With the, you said For every inch your, neck is, your head is forward over your neck, it's as if your neck is carrying another, an extra 10 pounds. Wow, I would not even expect that. And then this can throw your neck out very far over your head. So if you think about that and that extra weight, and that's it's, it's essentially what, I, what happened to me. I was diagnosed at 17, mm -hmm. and my doctor put me in a brace and didn't really work that well. well over time, slowly but surely, all these things happened. I got compression fractures. I got um, I had, uh, neuropathy. I had problems with my arms and legs. And to the point where I went to the doctor, uh, it was funny, it was, I was going to the gym because I always tried to keep in shape. My doctor, when I was diagnosed with 17, said I could never get a, I could never get a belly because it would uh, be terrible on my lower back. So I took his advice and I was always in shape. So I was going to the gym when I was, it was about 10 years ago, and I couldn't feel my hands. And I thought it was shoulder problems, but I ended up going to the doctor and here, Every uh, just about every disc in my cervical spine had deteriorated. Wow! And I had to have I had spinal cord compression, which is another secondary potential secondary problem. Uh, I had neuropathy. I'd lost twenty percent of the strength in my right arm, and if I didn't catch it soon, I was going to be a quadriplegic. Oh my goodness! So they did an emergency um, C uh, three set through C seven fusion um, to get and, and stabilize my neck. Which was probably major surgery for you and. Probably yeah, that was, that, was my, that was really my, my uh, second. I've had eight, oh, fusion, wow. uh, five fusion surgeries. Wow. Uh, this is just me. There are thousands of people out there uh, who uh, either don't know they have it, or when they have it, they're too old to find out that to have it fixed as, as a child. Mm -hmm. So think about this. If you're, you're you have some, uh, maybe some back problems, maybe you went through a growth spurt, but your doctor's are never testing for any any problems like you may not even have pain for until you're in your 20s or 30s but by then and the only treatment is surgery and i always you know you couldn't plan for it because you didn't know it and we're finding there are so many secondary problems and and people with sherman's as we age and if we could just get that education out to the medical community and then get that information from the medical community to it could be teachers, it could be pediatricians, it can be coaches looking for the symptoms, you know, a symptom of pain, symptom of hunching over. If you always, if you're a parent or if you're a teacher, always telling these children to stand up straight, and they are, mm -hmm. more than likely that's a physical issue going on with their spine. Uh, and so many times we've heard uh, parents, mothers, fathers say they felt so badly because they always yelled at their children for, to sit up straight, mm -hmm. and here they had kyphosis or they had Sherman's disease, and they were trying. They sat up as, as 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 tall as they could, but with those changes to the body, like I said, the anterior spinal ligament is that thickens, and as 
Oh, then you have the the uh, vertebral plates, which are the tops and bottoms of the, of the vertebrae. They become porous as well. And there's a sign, and when they become porous, the disc material actually starts to drain and be absorbed into that vertebrae. Oh, wow. And it causes what's called a, sh a Schmorl's node. And this is another symptom that you'll see on a, uh, an x-ray that a doctor will look for as a sign of Sherman's. They'll look for the wedge-shaped vertebrae. They'll look for the thickening of the, of the anterior ligament in the spine. And they'll look for these Schmorl no nodes. And when that happens, that disc space becomes smaller and smaller. Oh, wow. So you don't want, you know, as again, as we age, these these issues become chronic, you know, chronic pain. Mm -hmm. uh, we see this a lot in uh, people who um, who are on their feet a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, people, a lot of people too, who are, who are sedentary, sit at desks a lot. A lot of uh, we have see policemen, firemen. We see um, um, uh, servers. We see um, people work in salons that are on their feet. We see, and it's equal between uh, boys and girls who get this in their adolescence. Uh, so it's, it's a very simple screening process, too. Yeah, so, um, so what is, the is there a major difference between kyphosis and Sherman's disease? Or is it kind of like the same thing? Or how, how does like a doctor know whether it's Sherman's rather than scoliosis or ky kyphosis? Well, great, that's a great question. <laughs> The first symptom that a child usually um, has is pain, and that's the first thing, sign that they're going. That a parent is going to take them uh, into the doctor, and that's back pain. So you're going to finally the doctor's going to look at the X-ray uh, or any type of radiographic film, X-ray, MRI, CT scan of the spine for this child, and we're hoping that it's going to be a child mm -hmm. because, as I said, after puberty these bones become permanent and these changes become permanent. So what happens is if you're looking at a scoliosis, you're looking at a seat at a curvature in your spine that looks like an S. Kyphosis will look like a C where um, it's, it's almost like uh, it's a curvature from the front to the back. So you're, it's almost like you're hunching your shoulders. Um, I'll give you an example. Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, yep. Had, had Sherman's disease. That used to be my but favorite movie. People hunched over like that. Sure. That's Sherman's disease. But again, what the uh, X-ray technician, radi the radiologist, the pedi or the orthopedic spine surgeon, the neurosurgeon will look for, they'll look for the wedging of the vertebrae. That does not happen with kyphosis. Okay, gotcha. Uh, kyphosis and scoliosis. There are no permanent changes to the spine. Those, those can be corrected. Schroth therapy is a fantastic method of, of physical therapy for, for uh, adjusting and correcting scoliosis and kyphosis. Now, there are some people that, again, in uh, kyphosis and scoliosis that are so bad that they do need surgery as a treatment option as well. But when, when Sherman's happens, again, the doctor will look for those vertebrae They'll look for the Schmorl's nodes and the vertebrae, um, the vertebral plates, to, and that's what they see as Sherman's. And there have to be certain criteria for the, and that's the only way you can be diagnosed. Wow. It's the only way, that's the only way it's differentiated. That is so interesting. And then, so, if a child is, um, if they can be caught early for this condition, um, are the, what are the treatments they could do to um, improve them? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there are tre treatment options that work well. If, you, if the bones are still malleable, the bones are, are still soft prior to puberty. 
So the child still has an option uh, of exercise, bracing, uh, Milwaukee brace is a common brace, uh, and diet. So there'll be a number of exercises in physical therapy. There's a, um, a number of braces that can work to straighten the child's back and making sure that, they're, they're, that they stay in shape. Um, those are the, there are a number of treatment options, again, prior mm-hmm. to puberty. Uh, it's just once that hits and those, those changes become permanent, that bracing exercise, nothing works. Oh, sure, sure, sure. So how long would they have to wear the braces for? Is that until they're done growing, or is it like all their life? So, or? Most of it's usually a year. Uh, okay. I've heard have some people in their groups uh, that have, have had them for two, you had to wear them for two years. They're not, it's not an easy uh, brace to wear. It's mm-hmm. usually from the, the top of your shoulders to the, to the bottom of your, your, your buttocks. And it's a, it's a rigid brace typically. Now they're coming up with different kyphological braces, all different braces, all different kinds, but they're very, they're very bulky. Their biggest reason that teenagers usually are uh, prepubescent children don't wear them is cosmetic reasons. Oh, sure. They don't don't Mm -hmm. get made fun of at school. Right. Which you understand, but it's it's still that that uh, that's a big problem that having wearing wearing these braces Mm -hmm. is that children a lot of times only wear them for part of the time. Right. These changes become permanent. Right. Uh, unfortunately. <clears throat> and that could infect, uh, affect them in the future then if they didn't wear those braces the way they're supposed to. And Absolutely. So prevent and that's what we try to get through to doctors. Mm-hmm. There are so many doctors still that think this is an adolescent disease that stops at adolescence. We've had, I bet just about every person has gone to a, a doctor, a specialist that we call, an either, either an orthopedic spine surgeon or a neurosurgeon. They said, well, Sherman's can't be causing the pain. That only happens in adolescence. That can't be further from the truth. These 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 problems persist through for most of us through uh, our uh, throughout our lives, and they significantly impact the quality of our life as we age. And that's what we try. That's what we need to get through to to doctors and to specialists because it's it's um, it's sometimes there's one person a friend of mine. It took her ten doctors before she found one that understood how to treat Sherman's patients and the disease itself. Yeah, that and that's, been a long that's journey. why we're working with the CORDS program too. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we set up this questionnaire so that those that are over the age of 18 can have the opportunity to have their voice heard. Um, if people have Sherman's disease, they can go on our website and take this questionnaire that we've developed in conjunction with the CORDS program and what we're looking to do is to document for researchers the types of problems people with Sherman's disease have as secondary effects as we age and how they impact our quality of life. And this questionnaire we're hoping is going to cha- open the eyes mm-hmm. of a number of researchers right. to, so that that in turn can then get to the medical community. Well, that's just so amazing what you're doing and getting your voice out there. And I mean, not a better way to advocate for yourself and for your group and educate doctors so they can diagnose this earlier and um, kind of know the steps to take. So that's just amazing. And that kind of goes on to my next question. Um, When and how did you make the decision to become an advocate for your group? What made you, what really uh, drove you to do that? That's a really good question. I I was working as a... uh, as a mutual fund wholesaler, I was in the financial services industry in Austin, Texas, uh, 
and I had been in the service in the financial services industry for about 25 years. And this was about 10 years ago. And it was one of the, it was one of the best jobs. I, I, my dream job. Well, I was, uh, when I was exercising the one time, I think I had mentioned, I couldn't feel my hands and I found that that's when they found out that I had no discs left in my cervical spine. Well, unfortunately, after that point, that also happened to my lumbar spine. So I had to have five fusion surgeries in a three-year period, which caused me to have um, have to go into a retirement disability. Mm-hmm. And at that point, my spine failed, and I was it, uh, spent many nights, uh, sleepless nights, crying. Um, not only because of the pain, but wondering what I was going to do the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I had no idea, but I wanted to find out what was happening to my body and why and what what was taking all of this from me. So I got online, uh, and again, this was in 2000, uh, probably 2008, 2009. I got online to learn about Sherman's disease. There was nothing out there. Mm-hmm. There was absolutely zero. There was no website for a depository of information. There were very few research studies done. Um, lack of information just drove me crazy. So mm-hmm. I decided uh, I'm going to write a blog just as a cathartic for me to explain what's happening to me. So I started and I, I got the domain shermansdisease.org and I started writing and I started finding these research and I started posting and I started setting up a little website. And that next thing you know, I, I was inundated with questions from people oh, all over amazing. the world. And um, I ended up moving back to Pittsburgh. And uh, when I came back to Pittsburgh, I just happened to have uh, one of the reunions for my high school. And I was really very athletic in high school, and I didn't want to go mm-hmm. to my reunion. I was, I was using a cane, mm-hmm. and I was hunched, and I was really, I just was not, I was not the same person. So I didn't, I, I didn't go, and all my friends were yelling at me to go. But anyway, the, at that reunion, uh, a very good friend of mine got up and said, uh, you know, our, one of our classmates was unable to make it tonight because of his spine problems. We'd like to take the, the remainder of the money from this evening, which was about $700, and take the $700 and donate it to a charity for Sherman's disease. Oh, wow. And they agreed. Well, they sent me a check for $700. The problem was there was no charity. So, uh <laughs> I had to make, I had to develop, I had to come up with one. So I sat down with uh, one of my best friends, uh, Christine Jacobs, and uh, she and I sat down at brunch and we wrote out the, our, mis- our mission statement, our goals, I should say, for a charity, how to set it up. And we learned all this. We worked with an uh, intermediary called the Pittsburgh Foundation and set up a charitable fund. And we have, um, we grew so much then that uh, we are now a, we've been a 501c3 since 2014. Uh, we've helped people in 48 different countries. We have sent out, we send out what are called care packages to people for, uh, at no cost. And they include a t-shirt with shermansdisease.org, sdfund.org, which is our, our website. Uh, we send uh, masks, breathing masks. We send, send out wristbands. But more importantly, what we also send out are pamphlets, one explaining the charity, but one also explaining the uh, disease itself. What is Sherman's disease? Mm-hmm. When somebody with Sherman's disease is suffering with the disease and the doctors don't believe you, your family doesn't believe you. 
and you can be on an island and you can just be feeling mm -hmm. just terrible uh, just about yourself and feel like you're all alone. So uh, what we found is the support groups for people who have Shermans are so important for not only the, the mental health, but also the physical health for people. So these pamphlets are used for explaining to your family, explaining to your friends, your doctors, this is what's going on with my body. This is why I'm hurting. So we, these care packages we, we send out, we've sent out uh, over 700, now we 750 care packages throughout the world uh, to people to help, uh, to help explain to their friends and family and to help their support group grow and also to help uh, improve the public's uh, identification of this disease. That's another one of our, our goals. So this, those care packages, as small as they may seem, uh, as, as, you know, they are literally uh, a, a lifeline for a lot of people mm -hmm. who, who thought they were alone. Um, so, uh, by the way, there are also a number of, there are three Facebook groups, support groups. Uh, one is for the people in the UK, and then we have two for the US. And in combining all of these, we have about 10,000 people on the, in these groups. They've just grown and grown and grown consistently. This is a great place to go to talk to people who are going through the same thing you are. Wow. Uh, and uh, I've an administrator on one, and I, I, I helped set the one up for the UK. Uh, but I, I try and help get any information I can through our website and through our Facebook page mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. That is just amazing. And um, kind of going off of what you said about feeling alone on an island, I just, you know, I can never imagine having a condition and going out there and finding absolutely nothing that could be terrifying for people. So it's great what you're doing and, you know, having people have a safe place to go to discuss it and options. And that's just, that's just amazing what you're doing. So, um, thank, thank you. you for that. What would you tell a parent that, um, that was going through this with their child? Uh, first of all, find a, an orthopedic or a pediatric, pediatric spine surgeon who understands how to treat this disease. Uh, which may be difficult. We developed uh, the only international uh, doctor database, which we have on our website, which is completely filled with people who have referred doctors who understand how to, who, how to treat this disease. So we have in this international database, every one of these doctors have been, have been referred by people treated for Shermans who want others to receive the same excellent treatment. So what you can do is if you go on our website and look at the doctor database, the first thing I recommend to parents would be find a doctor who knows this disease mm -hmm. and is experienced in treating this disease. The worst thing you could hear is, well, they have Sherman's, but that can't be causing the spinal, the spinal problems right. or the pain. Uh, that can't be causing the, the neuropathy, the problem with the child's legs. And that could be further from the truth. Find a doctor that understands this disease is the first thing that, and listen to your children, uh, listen to them, uh, make, make sure they understand that you are supporting them. That is, uh, having, a, having a support group is uh, unbelievably important to, to anybody with this disease. Absolutely. Because you just don't want, like you said, you don't want to be on an island. You mm -hmm. don't want to feel what you're, think of yourself as a child, not knowing what's going on, going to a doctor who said that, you're, that they don't believe you, mm -hmm. and then your parents don't believe you, but you're still in pain. You're a parent, 
we'll, you'll, let us know. We'll try and find a doctor for you who understands this, this disease because you're on a timeline, a short timeline. Before puberty, you have to get this treatment done. Uh, if you don't, unless you want to potentially have surgery later in life. Um, what's really important for patients and for parents is just to really listen to your kids, listen to your patients. Um, don't just dismiss it. Don't try not to um, downplay it. Really, really take their word for what they're feeling, and hopefully, they can try to figure out solutions to get to get better. Right. You have to find the first thing is find a doctor, mm -hmm. find a specialist, listen to children also. Find a doctor that understands this disease. Yep. I encourage a parent to go on, to, and if you don't know what to do, go on to our, our website. You've, we have links to the Facebook pages. Uh, we have also on our website, we have lists of questions. If you want to find out if your doctor knows about Sherman's disease, we have a list of questions to ask that was written by an article written by an orthopedic surgeon. You, on the questions you should ask, because you're a very short period of time, you need to find out if your doctor is knowledgeable about this. So we have a list of questions. We have if your child is uh, has to go to surgery. Uh, we have things to do before and after surgery that are helpful hints. Uh, these are all things that we've picked up through uh, these Facebook groups and through people offering their, their help and, and through information out there that we're finding uh, out there in the, uh, in the medical community and out there in the uh, on newsletters that come through, uh, medical newsletters, uh, medical research. Uh, we're privy to a lot of the research that's out there. Um, but one thing I do have to say is what's disappointing is for long-term research, it, as pertains to Sherman's, it's lacking, it's, it's lacking terribly, mm -hmm. especially for secondary problems as we age. Yeah. And that's the reason, again, for our, for our questionnaire. Uh, mm -hmm. Most of the people who are in these, in these groups are... Um, are over the age, of course, of 18, but most of them are at middle age, when I say middle age, 25 to 55, uh, have no idea, had no idea they had this, and now can't work any longer. Well, then you, you can't get long-term disability. Right. Uh, you know, you can't get the insurance that you need. That's why the early detection and early and understanding what's going on with your body earlier in life is so important. Absolutely. Especially with service. Absolutely. And Doug, what is um, the website that um, the listeners should go to? And I will post this to the, um, I'll post this at the bottom of the podcast, but could you just tell us how to get um, in or how we should contact you or if anybody needs to contact you? You can go, our website is sdfund.org. Okay. You can go to sdfund.org and there's a contact us page uh, uh, on the website. Uh, the, my, uh, you can contact us through our Facebook page, which is facebook.com backslash SD fund. Um, and contact us for any, any questions. Uh, we, I guess we also have links to the Facebook page on our homepage. We have uh, a number of links to research. We have, uh, oh, we have so many links to research, uh, on Sherman's, we, I, everything I find I put on there. We have articles, we have exercises. Uh, now, we can't give med medical advice. We have a medical advisory board. So I am not licensed to give medical advice. So what we do is all we are is an, a way to get information out to people, yep. uh, right, so that people have access to it. Uh, it's so scary. It's really scary uh, when you find out you have something and there's, you think that there's nothing out there for you. 
uh, you know, I can't tell you, I know what it's like because I was there. And, you know, our goal in this, cha- no, our charity is 100% volunteer. We don't have any, uh, we have nobody, nobody gets paid, gets paid any pay, any money, or very few, uh, just about every dollar goes to helping others. That was one of the things that one of the, the when Christine Jacobs and I sat down to start this charity, I said, I don't want, to, I, this charity cannot benefit me any way, shape, or form. I want everybody to know I don't, I'm not getting a dime from this. I don't get anything from this. Mm-hmm. Every dollar has to go to help others. That's the truth. Every dollar goes out to help, to help send out care packages. It helps to get, you know, to help some of our, our office expenses. We're, you know, we work with people all over the world. And, um, and if there's anything that we can do to help, if there's a parent that needs some help, we're here to help. And go check out his website and a lot of great information on there you'll be able to find. And just kind of wrapping us up real quick, um, Doug, do you have any upcoming conferences or events that we need to know about? We have, uh, we have the, um, a fundraiser every year. Okay. We've had it to postpone it the last two years, mm-hmm. unfortunately. We had it for six, six straight years. We're hoping to, um, in, the, in the coming fall, have our seventh annual Sherman's Disease Fundraiser. It's uh, it's for, it's a lot of fun, and I'll keep you uh, apprised of when when that will happen. But that's usually in September or October. Sure. Uh, I, if there are any conferences or anything like any um, anything that you might be interested in listening or going to, I will post that on the Facebook page, and uh, you'll have access to it that way. Uh, I was just in a rare. I, I do a, a number of online rare disease conference conferences, patient conferences. And I, I was just on one um, yesterday for um, how to get help with legislation for, for rare diseases. You know, that's, uh, if we have information, we'll put it on the Facebook page and have links to it on the website. We're also part of the NIH GARD, which is the uh, General Information for uh, Rare Diseases. Uh, they have genetic information on there. Uh, and it's the NIHGARD. That's the website. Uh, there's pertinent, uh, very relevant genetic information. Uh, we're on there as a website for support. Um, so we have, uh, there's a, a number of great links for you to go to if you, if you look at the website. Perfect. So just check out the website. And again, I will post that at the bottom of the podcast when this is finished. And you'll be able to visit that. Well, um, Doug, is there anything else you want to say or add to this, um, to the to the podcast, or anything else you want to want to reach out to? No, I, I, this has been wonderful. Thank you. If I only ask if you can, uh, if you're over the age of eighteen and you are uh, do have Sherman's disease, we have a questionnaire uh, that is there's a link to it on our front on our homepage, and also there's a link to it on our Facebook page. It's it's um, tagged right up at the top of our Facebook page, as well as there's a whole page in our website of how to, uh, what information is in the the survey or the questionnaire. Please, if you have any opportunity, please do this do this questionnaire. It only takes about 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes. It's very straightforward. Um, and that information through the courts program will go to researchers. Again, this research, these researchers then will have the information they need to hopefully go out and do a long-term study on how these secondary effects hurt, hurt, uh, hurt our quality of life for those people with Sherman's as we age. 
So that would be the only thing I would add. Thank you so much. And we thank you so much for um, joining us today and really being a strong advocate for Sherman's. Um, you're really doing a lot out there, and we appreciate you uh, having you today. Thank you so much, Paul. This is wonderful. Uh, um, Stanford Research and Cohorts Program is just a wonderful program. I can't thank you enough. Thanks so much for listening. The theme music for Courtscast is borrowed with permission from Scott Holmes's song, So Happy. To learn more about Sanford Research and our registry, Chords, visit us at sanfordresearch.org slash chords. We'd love to hear from you. Send us your questions, comments, stories, or feedback to chords at sanfordhealth.org. Find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Sanford Chords. The content of Courtscast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. We'll see you next time on Courtscast. <laughs>